0: You know Curious George, you may have seen him in cartoons, uh, maybe movies, been around a while. Did you know that Curious George was named after me? (laughs) Actually, he was named about three years after me. I was born in 1936 and given the name George and he was born in 1939 and given the name George. So he was named after me. (laughs) This character, Curious George, I I didn't dream he had such an interesting background. The people who created him, uh, Hans and Margaret Ray, are German Jews who during the 1930s when Hitler and the whole Nazi movement was threatening German culture, and German Jews knew this long before the rest of society realized it. They fled to Rio de Janeiro, and that's where they met individually. They came to Rio, and uh, they met there and, and married there. But they returned to Europe and went to Paris, and then Nazism was threatening Paris and uh, they had to run again. And they went by bike to uh, Spain. And from Spain, they went to Portugal. From Portugal, they went back to Rio de Janeiro. And from Rio, they went to New York City. And uh, uh, there, Curious George was born, as I said, named three years after me. And he actually was born 20 miles from me in New York City, because I was born in North Jersey, you know. He's adorably cute, as I am. (laughs) Positive, hopeful, and it's amazing that all that arose in the minds of people who were under the threat of Nazism. And maybe there's a connection, that he came out of that spirit uh, by the way, he he's not a monkey, and you know why we know that he has no tail. Monkeys all have tails, so he must be a chimpanzee or or a human. <laughs> and and the interesting thing is that he's known as Curious George. And uh, the curiosity connects with an older story about a monkey in a cookie jar. You know about that? It's some some attribute it to Aesop that. Greek fable writer of, of uh, many generations ago. Uh, we're not sure about that. But the idea is that a cookie jar is a rather narrow opening and and, uh, and and the monkey sticks his hand in, he grabs all the cookies he can, can't get his hand out. And he has to let go of his hand and drop some of the cookies in order to get his hand out. But he will not do that. I tried to find that evidence of that and uh, i found a video of a hunter in africa it was kind of a crude video so i couldn't really show it to you but he actually captures monkeys that way he takes it and one of those ant hills you know that they have some some places in africa and he carved a small hole big enough for the monkey's hand to go in and uh The monkey's watching him do this. And then he puts some of the monkey's favorite food inside in the opening. And and then he walks away and hides behind a tree. And you can see the monkey go over and reach into that hole and grab it. And the hunter comes up behind him. The monkey panics. And he can't can't let go. And the hunter actually traps him that way. I don't know what he did with him. Probably sold him to some foolish... American pet store, finally. But um, sometimes we focus on something and we've just got to have it. We become blind to other responsibilities in life, to family, friends, God's will for our life because we just have to have what's in that cookie jar. Our question for today comes from Mark chapter 8. Beginning with verse 34, Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it So our our sermon series that we've been looking at is the Bible, the question book. Uh, Joyce already introduced us to this subject by telling us how, no, it was uh, uh, Yao Cheng, one of the people up front here, about how many questions Jesus was asked and how many he answered. That was Yao Cheng. So she was introducing you to the sermon theme again, our Bible The question book. Well, today's question is taken from this passage, and it is, what will it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Now, that's not exactly what it said in the text I read. In the text I read, it said, what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? First of all, it's not, very, it's not quite as poignant, I, I think, in that wording. But there are also some interesting choices, because in the original, it says, what will it profit a man? And the modern version is trying to make it egalitarian. In doing that, they lose the individuality by making it, like, plural. What will it, what will it profit people in general if they gain the whole world? And then this idea of lose your life rather than forfeit your life. Forfeit is not a word we use every day. We know what it means to lose your life. So I prefer that old translation. And then uh, the, the, the word soul is in the translation we're used to, the King James Version. What will it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? That's an interesting thing because the Greek word is the word psyche. P S Y C H E. Of course, we get the word psychology and uh, psychosis and all the words that have psyche in them. <laughs> gotcha, psych. <laughs> and, uh, and that word is more, I think it's better translated as self the essential who you are, or as the traditional King James version translates it, soul, the essential of who you are. That's the, the, the significance of this word. Uh, and uh, so I've chosen to use the word soul. So the question, what will it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your own soul. And of course, when he says lose your own soul, it, it, it refers to the eternity of your soul and, and our question about what happens to our soul if we die, and that question is in Jesus' mind because we see, uh, we see it in the later discussion. But, but, but losing your soul can happen right here and now. I mean, sometimes you look inside, ironically, only those who were here last night will appreciate it. But that Disney film we saw was about a little girl kind of losing her soul. It was very heavy. And uh, I went home and shook my head, and I said, how can a kid understand this? But, yeah, <laughs> the kids were right there. When you, when you lose your soul, it's like losing yourself losing who you really are and, and what will it profit to gain the whole world and lose your own soul. There's another saying uh, about a cookie jar and that's uh, you're caught with your hand in the cookie jar. You know what that means. Uh, where are those cookies going? Ah, now we know. And Junior's got his hand in the cookie jar. Is there a cookie jar in your life that you keep looking at? Longingly? Curiously? Financial security is a tempting cookie jar. I mean, if we have jobs right now, that's a good thing. But the money doesn't stretch quite far enough, and... We need a second job, or we need a raise, or we need to marry somebody with a lot of money. Financial security is very important, and and now if we have children or even grandchildren, we're worried about their financial security as well. But you can see how the desire in that, or the desire to have one of those cookies or more of those cookies can really lead to greed so much that you can't get your hand out of that cookie jar addiction all sorts of addictions are tempting cookies alcohol drugs eating control there are some people who are addicted to control if they don't have everything under control there are lots of kinds of cookies and they can all destroy your soul, if you let them dominate you. Or maybe you already have your hand in there, and and you, your hand is full of cookies. The thing about cookies is, they're not nourishing, you know. They taste good, but you indefinitely, can't, you can't live on them indefinitely. There's zero proteins, there are a lot of calories that'll up your blood pressure and all kinds of unhealthy things about cookies. But if you already got your hand in there with a grip on them, boy, is it hard to let go. Because the feel of them is, is a security. Your grasp is tight. Or maybe you've become a kind of a cookie monster. Okay. <laughs> Is it worth losing your soul over? Is it really? There's another parable that's recorded in Luke's gospel that speaks to the same problem. It's in Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 16. And Jesus told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And, and, you know, if you're at your earning peak right now and things are on a roll, you can identify with this man. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Now, mind you, there are hungry people outside begging for food. But his problem is not that. His problem is where do I store my extra crops? Verse 18, then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Sounds like a good plan. (laughs) But you know, doing it with an empty soul isn't very appetizing. But God said, verse 20, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded of you. Now, that word life is the same word, psyche, S-P-S-Y-C-H-E. So the King James has your soul there. This very night, your soul will be demanded of you. Now, that may be. You're going to die and the Lord is going to take your soul and decide what to do with it. Or it may be tonight the Lord is confronting you with the fact that your soul is empty. And and he is calling for an accounting. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Not only will you not get the things you've stored up, somebody else is going to get to enjoy them. Isn't that frustrating? I mean, really, if we put all that away, we want to outlive it. We want to indulge ourselves in it. And verse 21, this is how it will be. For whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Wow. How rich am I toward God? Yeah, tithes and offerings is one thing. But it's like your life, your thoughts, your plans and purposes. How God-oriented are they? How rich are you toward God? Well, if you're just building bigger barns and bigger barns and bigger barns, I picture them kind of like this. Someday they're all going to be empty, broken down, and the memory of you will be kind of a mockery. So how curious are you How curious are you about the taste of that banana? Connie? She's outside, but she hates bananas, which, really sorry about that. (laughs) Pass them to me. How curious are you about the many delicious cookies that are in whatever cookie jar is tempting you? How curious are you? Well, you must know that if you dedicate your life to grabbing as many of those cookies as you can, you're going to be missing out on something. You're going to be missing out on the riches that God's grace can provide to you. The immeasurable riches of his grace, the scripture calls it, abounding in his steadfast love, Underneath are the everlasting arms. By his grace, he has called you to eternal glory in Christ. That's what you're turning your back on when you're grabbing, 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 building, building, building. What will it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? repeating luke twelve twenty one this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God let 's bow if if you have a cookie jar that Maybe nobody else knows about it, but that is the most tempting thing in your life. Be open about that with the Lord. Talk to him about it. He knows anyway, but if you confess it, he'll be your partner in trying to solve this problem. And then, Will you pray the prayer, God, help me be rich toward you. Fill my soul, myself, with spiritual aims, purposes that will enrich both you and myself and those around me. Will you pray that prayer? Thank you, Lord, for being so patient with us. We hurry up to end this service so we can get home to our favorite cookie jar so that we can get our mind back on our selfish interests. But don't let that happen to us, Lord, for our own good and for your glory. Fill our souls with true riches, nutritious spiritual food that will enhance who you created us to be and glorify you as well. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We meet in Altadena every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, both in the sanctuary and on YouTube. Most other events will be starting up soon, but if you need prayer now, please reach out to us at altabapprayerataol.com. And again, as always, we pray God's blessings on you this week.